It is the Anfield rap. It's a bit of a state of playish Anfield rap in a sense, both in terms of what Liverpool are doing and what Liverpool are up to, but also sort of looking at two of our rivals at the very least in the context of that as well. Manchester City and Chelsea will park Tottenham for now. Uh, firstly, because they muddy my discussion, uh, but secondly, because I'm not quite sure where they're up to. Obviously, we exist in a European framework as well, but we'll park that for the foreseeable future. Uh, speaking of existing in other frameworks, we've got a London live show coming up, uh, a London live show coming up on on July the 9th in Earth, in Hackney. If you are around, please do come. Tickets are widely available right now. Uh, bring everybody you've ever met if you would like. It'll be a fantastic Saturday night. I am genuinely really looking forward to it. Uh, it will be a little bit different. And just be really clear, our live shows are most definitely not podcasts. We will not record it, John. People will never know that's happened. They'll never know what what went on unless they were there. <laughs> no, exactly. They're very different to, to what this Monday show uh, is going to be. It's a celebration Liverpool Football Club. It's a celebration of the team. It's all about getting together, enjoying ourselves, and and especially when they're on a Saturday night, I feel like me and you take it up another level, Neil. Whether, whether anyone likes it or not, whether anyone likes it or not, it is indeed going to be uh, quite. And you something. are involved. Uh, yes, uh, the audience. There is a lot of audience participation. Uh, also, download the app uh, to get all of our content that is widely available. So Hackney Earth, and then download the app, and we will go from there. Uh, Rob Gutman is clearing up tea already spilled. <laughs> I forgot it's been filmed. I know, I know. I feel, I feel as though I had to bring the yes, had to bring the the, the yeah. video audience Back to reality. Through, yeah, the video audience through on this. Uh, it happens. That sort of thing. It does. It especially does. to people like you and I. Yes, who spill things for a living. Uh, yeah. Professional spillers. Well, spillers. Uh, yeah, I was. I was very supportive when you spilled. Did you know? You, really, you were very, very caring, Patient. very intensive. Okay, so this is going to be a bit broad, um, and it's about firstly. Lots of things as, as, as it's gone on, Rob, across the last few mm. days have sort of been in my head and they've sort of coalesced around Liverpool's business, around where we find ourselves, around how it changes. But not just Liverpool's business. So City, for instance, to contextualise this, City have got Sterling, uh, Gundogan, um, all with one more year left on the deal. Mares is in the same boat. Uh, they've got Bernardo Silva and Gabriel Hughes, who's strongly linked away. They've already signed two attackers. I would point out in the same way we've signed two attackers in this calendar year. Um there's the news that Chelsea are prepared to just loan Lukaku back having paid 90 million for him last summer mm. for a 10 million loan fee for Inter Milan which just feels like you'd feel as though somewhere if you worked for Chelsea something would be sticking in your craw from a have we been stitched here sort of perspective and yet that appears to just be something that's just happening the machismo of it is, is taken out of out of our hands but I think as supporters and I include myself in this this isn't a, a, you know I think in lots of our minds we're still stuck in this idea of, 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 of transfer fees of an old style way of doing things of where value is and that's what I want to talk about on this show is how is th has that changed how has that changed where have Liverpool been in the changing of that and in amongst all of this talk about our midfield options going into next season Liverpool's behaviours so first and foremost we'll do the Lukaku thing so you're going to pull a, like a wind up toy and let me go no no yeah, well, yeah there is an element to that it is weird isn't it the Lukaku thing yeah. in that the idea that you spend 90 million on a player and then loan him back to the club you spent 90 million from for 10 million pounds plus add-ons over the course of a season first and foremost is just Barmy, as far as I'm concerned, and yet that doesn't mean it's not rational. Well, yeah, I think it's easier to do it because Chelsea have been to a kind of hell and back, haven't they, with the uh, the Abramovich stuff? You know, they've they've, they've looked into it as a, as a club, as an institution. They, and by they, I mean you know they're wider. They they've looked into an abyss whereby everything that came before almost you could argue was was verging on irrelevant. They they were they were looking into not existing as a football club, so. I think they're able to tell themselves a story, and again, the wider they, that this is reset time, and you've just got to, and which makes certain decisions easier. And, uh, and the one decision I think that was, became, well, one thing, aspect that became quite clear is that Roman Lukaku was a bad fit for, for, that, for that manager and the set of players around him. I mean, I was always Lukaku sceptical. I thought last time he was in the Premier League with Man United, apart from a few flurries, he was awful. Um, the story had been painted that he'd had this utter redemption and refinding of himself in Italy. I don't know where the, where the truth exactly lies. He's a good footballer. We saw him play well for Belgium in the Euros. So he's a good footballer. But I think the level of Romelu Lukaku remains a bit of a mystery. But either, however you assess it, he's not right for Chelsea right now. And they're doing the right thing, getting rid. If they can't, obviously, they'd have liked uh, Inter Milan to have paid them £99.5 million or something and gone, that'll do, right? And, and, and cut their losses. Um, or not, but 
the loan works. The loan gets... He's not saying he's a toxic personality, but if he stays there and he's not first pick and he's a, and he's a frustrated £100 million player on a bench, that's a bad circumstance for them. Of course, you can find some use for him. I said, what was the... What's the it feels... We, we went through this a little bit ourselves with Andy Carroll, the, the twilight of Andy Carroll, where it was... Do we really have to use him? You know, he's a bit, you know, he's got his qualities. We can see why he was worth the money at the time, but he is just a bit shit for what we want and not what we want. So you do, so you do cut your losses. So I think, yes, it's mad in the wider scheme of, of, of you know, the, the football narrative, but but it's the right decision. The, the, as part of this, so where this is linked into the Manchester City thing is Sterling strongly linked with a move to Chelsea. And the I w I've always liked the Phil Blundell line, uh, which was actually, I didn't see Phil when he said it, uh, but Rory has said it to me a lot, Rory Smith, John, because uh, he likes the line as well. The start of last season, Rory said, sorry, Phil said, Liverpool have got the best first 11, City have got the best 18, and Chelsea have got the best 25. Now, I think by the time we get to the end of the season, certainly mm -hmm. from a purpose point of view, I think the best 11's perhaps a bit of an argument between us and City. I think the best 18 still is City, and the best 25 is Liverpool by the time we get to the end of the season. And part of that is the idea that footballers, a couple of them, just didn't fit at Chelsea. And it seems to me that part of the logic of moving Lukaku on, if they do take this, is to create the room to then bring someone like Sterling, who you feel as though with the way in which they want to play, will be a better fit for what they're trying to achieve. I mean, Sterling's a brilliant signing for them if they can get him over the line. You know, he's, he's you know he wants weighing in, and that's that's the issue. And it's it's really interesting that, that City are in a, a similar risk position to us uh, with, with the Mane thing. Is that you know you can't you can't just weigh everyone in um, like the fans like the, the supporters sort of want you to really like. Even City do play the game a little bit more than than people sort of you know think they do and, and make out they do when you've only got 180 cred credits um, characters. Yeah. Um, to sort of talk about and, and so for the, even for them and there's also the you know the the scenario you know you're thinking of which is which is coming in more and more Wait, wages are funny like it's sort of always been decided that you're basically earn fuck all when you're 18 no matter how good you are and then your well, phone's still only on 12 grand a week yeah and then your contracts just no, get is he yeah it has a new deal. He's still on twelve grand a week. Foden supposedly yeah. he's not had a new deal still. Yeah, and and the contracts get better and better the older you get, even if your legs fall off, and and your last contracts boss, and and everyone just cops for it because you've been underpaid at, at this time, and and now the money's just got to such a level that more and more of people, like on both sides, by the way, and funny enough, Sterling was the, was the first person who blew up the idea of. Well, just because I'm 19, why why are you offering me shit money? I'm one of our best players, one of Liverpool's best players, which is what he was. So he was one of the first ones, who, and him and his agent were one of the first ones who blew it up to the other side, is that everyone's like, he's 19, he should accept this. And he's like, but I'm better than all these lads who are on 120 grand a week. And one of them's Mario Balotelli, and he's fucking shite, what are you talking about? But it's happening, the clubs are doing it the other side, and we're seeing that at Liverpool, and I think there's a little bit of that with, with Sterling at the moment, is that, no, this idea that your last contract's this big payday, and, and makes up for the fact that you've probably been underpaid a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to see more clubs and players sort of accept that the contracts are a bit more bell-curved and are a little bit more sort of like, well, if, if you know, we understand that the careers are going on a little bit longer, but while you're in your peak, that will be your peak earning and you sort of need to accept that, you know, we're not, we're not all working in a bank when the 60 year olds are on, are on 80 grand a week and I was quite <laughs> sure why. Do you know what mm. I mean? This is fucking serious though now. And so, so I think that's what Liverpool are trying to do. And I think to a certain extent, it's what sort of City are trying to do with, with, with some of these players as well. And so, but, and I think that's why the transfer fee is what it is. I've seen a lot of people surprised that you know Raheem Sterling for 35 million but I really like the Swiss Ramble thread from last week um, is that being touted the, that lower fee for yeah him? that's what they're saying yeah um, because because the wages are so high and I really like the Swiss Ramble thread from last week where he's the first person who I've seen talk about and not just talk about but actually do the maths as well which always really helps him out how much a football club spending on footballers yeah let's look at it like that now because the honestly if i see another comparison between the the transfer fees of nunez and harlan they're going to scream mm. because first of all it doesn't count the fact that fucking everyone's getting weighed in harlan's nan's getting weighed in yeah and I'm, getting, I'm getting 40 quid <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't it's not it's not taking that as you go but also like you know it, it, it wasn't it's not like back in the day where you're like oh yeah he's getting paid five grand a week more than him it's a million pound a month 
<laughs> it's a million, and that's every month that keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so, you know what I mean. You can't, you can't just sort of, you know, go. Oh, you know, he's he's fifty four million. He's sixty four. One one of the sorts of Liverpool doing. It's like it's insane. So who's the first person to sort of explain that? But I think football clubs, you know, uh, they're they're sort of two three steps ahead of the likes of me, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? And so they've been sort of looking at this for a while. How much are we spending on footballers? What value are we getting from that? But also with the Lukaku thing. What space can we can we create this year that allows us to do what we want to do, and then we'll worry about next season then if we have to. I it's really confusing though if you think in a certain sense with City, and arguably to a degree with Liverpool. You look you look at these two elite sides who've Liverpool on the edge of a quadruple, City bagging the what's it their third title in four years or fourth and fifth. I'm losing count now, and. In City's case, Sterling, Bernardo Silva, Jesus are all relatively young, aren't they? They're all Sterling is be the oldest of that group at twenty eight, yeah. right? You know, Fabinho, we gave him the big new contract at twenty eight, I think, by the way, and Andy Robertson. So we considered twenty eight quite young. So, and these are, these are footballers are still performing at a high level for City. Bernardo Silva was arguably City's best player last season, you know? But the difference with Silva, though, is that Bernardo Silva, I think he wants to go. He wants to go last summer, and that's one of the key differences. Sure. That, that, well, that's true. But and the interesting thing is, but all Sterling and Jesus and Silva and Mares were talked about as possible leavers last summer, yeah. and especially around the talk that the likes of Kane could have been brought in. Um, but it does make me sort of wonder... And also looking at Liverpool in parallel, where the, the, the two, the two um, megaliths of, of the Premier League, Liverpool and, um, and Manchester City, don't fancy a bit of a freshen up. You know, they think there's only so long you can mentally make these, uh, these core of footballers, because there's quite a, there's quite a well, sort of continuity of the cast of this, of this rivalry between Liverpool and City now. There's quite a few numbers who've been together fighting these battles. Who, who, I don't know whether the, the, man, the respective managers, Pep and, and Jürgen, are thinking, this is just going to end up being too mentally weary. As well as physically weary. We just, Sometimes change for its own sake might be needed. I wonder if that's what Pep's thinking, because these are, as I said, they're relatively young footballers in his case who are assets. And I know you can look at each individual case. And I, I think I don't... I'm probably overthinking this, and, and it's probably more, it's possibly more just the financial thing, and they're going, well, you know, Raheem wants, he wants the same wage, he wants a bigger wage, he wants his last big pay pack in, and City are, are just getting realistic, but I don't, I, if I was City, I would not want Raheem Sterling going to Chelsea, I mean, you don't need, one thing, I think in a sense, Liverpool need more rivals in this league, they, they need more quality in this league, to, so it's not just us and City, I think we've got a better chance of winning the title if there's more good teams in this league, I think City, although they don't like Liverpool chasing them, they certainly don't want other good teams in this league. Um, I mean, that's what that's why I thought we could, despite putting together an incredible run in the last third of the season, ultimately we couldn't overhaul City because there just weren't enough games left for them against teams who could take points off them. That was the problem. Um, you know, it'd be nice if, if, if Chelsea and Tottenham had both been that 15, 20% better. Well, Tottenham beat them home and away. Well, yeah. I suppose, yeah, actually, that's and maybe something. Those home and away. Okay, sorry, I don't mean that. Maybe it'd be nice if there'd been another Chelsea and Tottenham yeah. in this league, you know? Uh, just on, so Sterling will be 28 in December, so any, any moves he's he makes on that. Now. Uh, he's 27 now. He's 28 in December. Um, just on, on Foden, by the way, he might have a highly incentivised contract, but the basic of the last contract he signed in 2018 was 12 grand a week. I'm trying to get to the bottom of it, but genuinely, that's, that's still where, yeah. where he is. Around that, I'm sure there'll have been certain markers that have been hit in the meantime, but uh, that he hasn't signed a new deal and one was much mooted to different phases during last season. But supposedly Haaland coming in has made Foden go, hang on, you only want to give you want to give me 150 grand a week, but you're giving yeah. this fellow this much, and that conversation's begun. Yeah, incentives is another thing that people are supposed to be ignoring. I've said a lot of our man saying, oh, he's only on 100 grand a week. I reckon there's one week in the last four years where Sadio Mari's had 100 grand. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, I think there was a, well, there's 150 as well. That contract he signed an extension yeah. in, in 2018. That was all. Oh, so even yeah. that's not even even, not even that's not even true yeah oh, yeah but it, uh, uh, but what i can gather is that the year we won the champions league and, and then the the year after we won the premier league everyone but especially the forwards got fucking waited we just on that just yeah. as a, I, I sent a piece to rob and i think this is an important thing so this before the last contract for mino signed in 2018 do you remember the game you will remember because we were in oslo when liverpool went to southampton and won 2-0 yeah uh in that game off the back of his incentives there was a piece in the daily mirror that we found uh for mino's basic was 60 Seven grand, but because of what happened in that match, he got one hundred eighty thousand pounds. Yeah, 
and that was that's that was 67 grand and he got 180 grand off the, the fact that he, he scored won, he scored and got an assist he was on a 35 grand a week assist bonus i'm sure he was and then within that the the goal toppled him into a category where he'd scored that many goals in the season in the league and the champions league so the goal counted for this much and all of that sort of stuff we thought we had a good day well yes exactly <laughs> uh, and that's where that's where all that ends up and that is that, that is a complexity within this but the same thing is happening i think it's more pronounced within liverpool but the same the same thing's happening with city and the same thing's happening with chelsea i don't think i don't think we're unique in this i just think our version of it is is, is significantly more pronounced around individual and team bonuses but theirs is still present if you know what i mean that's why i said there about Foden. it wouldn't surprise me if Foden's is in there so in amongst all of this rob mm. liverpool's midfield options have come under scrutiny because something will always be under scrutiny they've added two forwards in the last god knows how long they've got four quality centre backs uh, they've added a young right back who I don't think is going to play very much I know you and I differ on this view but he's, there, he's yeah. there or thereabouts we'll come on to talk about uh, Calvin Ramsey uh, this season later on but the midfields come under a degree of scrutiny um, off the back of this. What we can say with a level of certainty is Liverpool have bid for Shuameni. They were seriously in for Shuameni. Yeah. They haven't got Shuameni. He's gone to Real Madrid instead. And now, as of yesterday, reports are that they definitely want to keep Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. And I think that's difficult for people who can probably make an argument there is, let's say Shuameni is the best version of Shuameni that Liverpool thought he could possibly be. And everyone can have their own view of Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. Mm. And people would argue there's a lot of centre midfielders in that gap. Now, yeah. Whether they're right or wrong, people would argue there's a lot of centre midfielders in that gap. But we've seen over and over, Rob, that Liverpool, this Liverpool setup, is consistently prepared to wait. It's what they do. And that's what I think is different to other setups elsewhere and certainly other Liverpools in the past. They they appear to have a really sort and and that seems to me to be the reason why they're now saying they want Oxlade Chamberlain to stay, even though he's only got twelve months on his contract and you would presume there's not going to be a renewal. Well, the Liverpool, the the Liverpool recruitment uh, setup that you know that's been in place uh, under Edwards and now Julian Ward for all for all the last for the last few years has valued leverage hugely, being strong in all manner of negotiations. It means they they value being consistent and being read a certain way as very very important. So Liverpool are always going to say something like. We're really content to keep out Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. Whether they mean it or not is really hard for us to know because Liverpool are prepared to go all the way to the wire and keep Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. If someone wants to bid nine million and Liverpool want ten and a half million, Liverpool are probably going to keep Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, whatever the number is. Take my point. Yeah. Just as Liverpool may be bullshitting, and they have done in the past, about yep. whether they want to get another play big player midfielder in this summer. They may well be bullshitting. They were definitely not in for Thiago. In fact, um, Liverpool's communications people were laughing at... at so it was a fantasy. Yeah, we're, we're laughing at journalists who inquired about Liverpool's uh, reported interest in Thiago. And then he signed for Liverpool. So Liverpool were bullshitting. Danny Ward was going to be Liverpool's number one. Yeah. But then in other summers, Liverpool said, no, well, let's take the centre-half centre example. Liverpool said, we won't be panicked into, into recruiting a centre-half for tens of millions until we know the right one is coming in. And they were true to that word. They waited for Canate. And they waited or, for Van Dijk before then. And they waited, summer of 2017, yes. they couldn't get Van Dijk. They waited until, the, until January to get Van Dijk. Yeah, there were people, uh, uh, you know, and it might have been me with a pint on me, so why can't we just get Harry Maguire for 20 million or something, or 30 million? So we know Liverpool have re a lot of previous and going, no, I don't want to spend 30 million on, uh, on a Sangara from Ajax, for example, um, or PSV, I can't remember who he plays, PSV. PSV. Um, because that's 30 million that could go towards Jude Bellingham next year. And Liverpool can say that and really mean it. But we just don't know. This is, the, this is the problem. This is why Liverpool have been so successful in the market, because they're really quite hard to read. And as fans, that's very, very frustrating. What I do personally find fascinating is that it seems beyond speculation now that Liverpool are in for Chiumani. And that was... And the price was always going to be hefty. The wage was always going to be half decent. So it was, it was a big deal. It also seems... Hard to, to, to believe that Liverpool, if they'd signed Chiumeni, would have then also go. Well, by the way, we're not interested in Bellingham in the future. I think they'd still... My, my reading is that if they'd signed Chiumeni, they would have also looked to get Bellingham a year or two later. Agree. So, let's join the dots here. 
Liverpool were interested in signing two big new midfielders. And, why, and quite frankly, why shouldn't they be? Because the ones we have in stock, I know we're going to come on to talk about it, are not getting any younger. So if Liverpool were looking to buy two big midfielders and they were being prepared to wait for Bellingham anyway, it sort of makes you think maybe they are interested in another midfielder this summer because there's another one, you know, outside of Chew and Men. If they want to, let's, well, here, let me summarise this. They wanted two within 12 to 15 months. Bellingham's one, who's the other? It doesn't matter if he's going to come next year, but there is another name out there. That's all I'm going to say. And that's what I've concluded. Now, he could come this summer. He could come in a double swoop with Bellingham next summer. But there's another name out there. Yeah, I think there is a way that Liverpool sign a midfielder and without sort of, you know, what's going on, are they sort of lied again? I think, I think the conclusion that they've come to is that and I don't know what, what, what it's been pushed by. Maybe it's the fact that they haven't had the offers in for, for the likes of Chamberlain that they expected to, or or maybe it's because, you know, too many got too expensive and, and, and other quotes that we're getting from midfielders who we do like, and I'm sure it's not just him, uh, uh, you know, a little bit sort of too wild. I... I sort of suspect, and, and you know, we're all we're all guessing here, aren't we? But but they'll they'll think that the size of the squad isn't what we have right now is is what we're fine going into the into the season with. And I mean, you do a, a video sort of series if if that's not yeah. too grand a way called the Squad Neil, and we did it uh, at, the, at the start of July, and it's, it'll still be there on the app. And and we did it. Uh, we'll do it at the end of the transfer window again, where we look at the defence, the midfield, and attacking sort of you know fairly forensic detail. And and what we normally end up concluding, correct me if I'm wrong, for the midfielders is there's enough of them. It there's just a question mark over a the, the quality but that's very much a, a you know an opinion really you know people will have different opinions on, on, on the quality of, of all our midfielders um but also i think what is fairly hard to disagree with when you when you when you go through the process that mean you go through is that the, the balance isn't quite right and so so even if you're you're happy to say that they're all really good players and i know people will listen to this will disagree with with that for certain individuals and that's up to them i think there is a slight balance issue there and so that's where you think well surely we could address that i think i think if they get a good offer for chamberlain he goes and then i think they go back into the market and i think liverpool are able to say well yeah well that was that was when we thought Chamberlain was staying, but we got an offer for him. He really wanted to go. It was a decent offer, so we've let Absolutely. him go. And then now things have changed because that's happened and we weren't necessarily expecting it. I think that's a way we come out, that everyone comes out of it saving face, including Paul Joyce, who doesn't give a fuck. But just on, <laughs> just, just on, on that, though, in the mirror, so I, I sent you a mirror piece that discussed Minamino, who Liverpool are happy to let leave. Looks like he may well be going to Monaco. They appear to be the club that are most touted at the moment. I think you do really well there, I hasten to add. Yeah. Uh, on the mirror piece, the language is just really interesting. I think it's the way Liverpool speak. Like, I think this, the, the, no one quite uses this language, I think, of us other clubs maybe I'm wrong Liverpool would prefer to lose him on a free this is with reference to Chamberlain in 12 months time rather than sell him and be forced back into the market for a midfielder like someone's got to go and grab Julian Ward and put a gun to his head and go lads whether you like it or not you've got to go back into the market for a midfielder this is the fellow who's theoretically the head of Liverpool's sort of football operations and the transfers if you know what I mean it's this idea of forced back is you know it's not the idea that they want to move Chamberlain because they want to create the space which throws me back to the Lukaku conversation and how Liverpool appear to approach a lot of this stuff a little bit differently um that's to me john the interesting part of this because i sort of agree with you but liverpool's outlook that they at least try to show to the world is we're happy we're settled we like these we've got a plan for them we're going to run them this is how this works and that's an interesting shift from what you hear from a lot of other clubs on the whole the idea that for Liverpool to go into the transfer market they would be forced back into doing so <laughs> yeah and look there's a variety of reasons why Liverpool would want these kind of statements going out because even you know Paul Joyce is a really well connected guy and you know we'll be able to speak to people you know throughout football and not just Liverpool football club people always think leaks come from within clubs but you know there's a variety of ways that people get stories but regardless of that Liverpool don't want what you've just said or, or the idea that you know what Rob talked about before the door they don't want that out there without a reason so what you know you've got to look at what is the reason for that now part of the reason for that might be just managing expectations do you know what I mean like we don't want the fans you know getting all excited thinking a big midfield is coming and then being flat that could be a reason someone could also be just being sound to Paul Joyce and just say like oh you know just just sort of tell them you know that's it you know mate I wouldn't I wouldn't, I wouldn't just have, have, have a week in Marbella uh, that, that sort of thing might be going on but the more likely 
scenario seems to me that it's a, it's a sort of you know a semi bargaining position really that you know that the and, and this isn't me saying that you know that could be it i think i think Liverpool, i think we need to accept that you know there is a there is a, a possibility that we do go into the into the season with 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 the, the, the very very good squad by the way that, that we have now but i think there's there's so many moving parts in football and there's so many different things and you know the idea i just can't imagine someone coming in with a decent offer for Chamberlain and us not going, well, yeah, all so right. So they could the Chamberlain once. Yeah. The, and, this, sorry, John. But that's the key. Yeah. That, what, I'm sorry, what, what, the, what both these things, but the, the decent offer and what Chamberlain wants. Chamberlain, if somebody says, if, if somebody makes Chamberlain feel special and that he can revive his career and there's, as the, the World Cup we talked about yesterday is imminent, someone can say, you're going to start from day one. You know, West Ham could t t spin him a line that he could be bigger than Jesse Lingard, you know, who was for half a season. Yeah. Bad goals, force his way back into contention for a World Cup. Who knows? But even even then, just playing every week would be nice. Looks a laugh West Ham as well, don't it? They seem to be enjoying themselves. And Alex doesn't look like he's enjoyed himself at Liverpool for no. a few months. He, he looked like it was a struggle to properly even celebrate the things that we were celebrating last season for him. And I, I, I can't really blame him for that. He felt... I think it's, I think he will... If In private moments, he'll say he's gutted. So disappointed that he's not been able to resurrect his Liverpool career as fully yeah. as he'd like. I think he's. I think he loves being at Liverpool, but I think he he more than anyone realizes it's it's coming to a conclusion. But it's interesting that what how that's been positioned Liverpool being forced back into the market because I think it's fairly likely Chamberlain does go, as you both indicated. I think it's really fairly likely he goes because he because he, he will be telling his agent. I think, please get me out of here. I want to play yeah. regularly. So if that happens, Liverpool have now. I'm not saying they made a rod for their own back, but I'm not going to forget it. You're not going to forget it. You're not going to forget it. They said they're going to be forced into the market. There's a. I don't wish Alex Chamberlain out the door because I really enjoyed watching his Liverpool career. But the day he does go out that door, I will be. I will See, be I, holding Liverpool to account. Well, I, I disagree the two of you to an extent, and I, I think that they're going to stick with it. And I think that the, I think that he is sort of broadly happy with Chamberlain. I think if I think you have to imagine what would have happened if sure many would have uh, come in. Mm. And I think Liverpool's asking price for Chamberlain, and this is where Liverpool and back are then similar to the Lukaku conversation. But I mean, well, we will take your nine million because we, we don't want to carry the extra body. We don't want the lad knocking around. We think we've got the right number. We'll just cash in now because we've got enough. Yeah. I think Liverpool's current position, including Chamberlain, is we've got enough. If you see what I mean, like I no, think that's I agree, and that's, I and that, that's genuinely and I think is and I, well, in terms of numbers. So this is what I want. To, I want to talk about. But I think they're prepared. Sorry to interrupt you. I uh, think they're prepared to live in both universes. And that, oh, they are. Yes, that's, that's, that's what fair, makes yes. them powerful negotiators. Yep. They are able to say, in this universe, we're absolutely content. I think Jurgen Klopp's particularly good at that. By the way, I mean I'm, I was you know glibly calling it bullshitting or lying. I actually think they're prepared prepared to live in that world and that world simultaneously. That's what I also think. So to go through the numbers from last season, and I want to get get you on the balance point that John's made. But we got the numbers. I got the numbers for last season in terms of number of starts. So I'll just run through and I'll do a little mini breakdown as we go um, so most starts last season um, is uh, Henderson with 43 of the in midfielders all, in all comps of the midfielders yeah gets 43 in all comps of which 28 are in the Premier League and 7 are in the Champions League uh, so 35 for the big two uh, Fabinho is 41 all comps and so also starts sorry starts yeah uh, 26 Premier League 9 Champions League so also 35 for the big two uh, Alcantara gets himself 26 starts all comps 24 for the big two 17 Premier League 7 Champions League Naby Keita 25 uh, all comps 14 Premier League, 5 Champions League. Curtis Jones, 10 Premier League, 2 Champions League, 18 all comps. Chamberlain, 9 Premier League, th 3 Champions League, 17 all comps. Uh, Milner, 9 Premier League, 3 Champions League, 14 uh, all comps. Harvey Elliott, 4 Premier League, 1 Champions League, uh, comes to 6 total all comps. And Tyler Morton uh, ends up with 6 total, um, 2 of which are in the Champions League. Uh, 1 is in the Premier League. Uh, we was Curtis know. again then? Curtis was uh, 10 league and two Champions League out of his 18 starts. It's mad he's still only 20, by the way. Over the course of the campaign, yeah, no. It doesn't Who's still only 20? Curtis Jones. Is he? Yeah. That's what it says on the sheets. I don't I would never call a sheet a liar. It does say on the sheet. Yeah, I'll just double check that. That could be start of season age because they do that. Yes, he turned 30, 21 in January. Okay. So that's the start of the season. It's the okay. start of the season age. He's still um, young. It's still, it is still indeed young. Uh, I don't want to, you know, 30 in January. Sorry, 29, 22 on the 30th of January is Curtis Jones. Lots of numbers for you there going all the way through. The. That's more than I expected Henderson to get over the course of the season. Uh, I actually wrote a thing for it. For a, a so it's the most any player's ever played under Jurgen Klopp in his, in, on, 
57 appearances is the most most than any yeah it's mad isn't it any players ever made Henderson this season didn't quite see that coming 35 starts in all comps Fabinho also 35 starts in all comps as I said sorry 35 Premier League and Champions League starts and Fabinho 35 Premier League Champions League starts that is that all the maths on that all adds up Um, effectively the you know it's it's, it it equals 39.39 tees because Chamberlain gets a couple of those games starting up front so that sort of skews it a little bit everybody else who starts in there does start in midfield Chamberlain with a couple up front means that it's 39.390s uh, in there across the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm mad that no one match. breaks 30 in the league, isn't it? That's. I think. I think you go back a few years. There was a bit more of that going on. So oh, Genie did thirty six. Sorry, Genie did thirty six yeah. in his last year. The on that. What the Liverpool midfield conversation actually reminds me of now is it reminds me of the Manchester United midfield conversation between 2006 and 2010, mm. when everyone would say, "But we still haven't replaced Roy Keane." Mm. while they were winning leagues getting to Champions League finals winning a Champions League in there everyone would say we still haven't replaced Roy Keane and when you looked at the numbers as I have done of those United sides in 06, 07, 07, 08 and 08, 09 the midfield figures are really spread yeah, uh, because ultimately they played 4-3-3 and the midfield three was about facilitating what everybody else was doing so it was about sort of continually getting legs on the pitch and eventually the change and Manchester United you know everyone always changes in football at some point but it's a really interesting little comparison and as I say the year in year out Liverpool need to go and buy a big midfielder thing that I think we're now into uh, the second year of and even with Thiago the year before it felt as though it was present as well in the summer of 2019 hasn't you know, it hasn't borne in quite the same way, but Liverpool have still broadly been able to maintain being successful. You don't like the balance, or, or you think some people don't like the balance. What, what, when you think that the balance might need to be different, what do you think? It, it's, it's, I guess it's the six, really, and, and feeling like if, if Henderson's, if, if Fabinho, sorry, is not available, or we want to give him a bit of a rest, you know, is, is Henderson the best person to do that? Also, there's the fact that if you're taking Henderson out of there, you haven't necessarily, you know, you can't use him in other places, really. And so, in a funny sort of way, we've become strongest in on the left side of midfield. Um, so, if you, if you think about as a, as a three, uh, there's, the, there's the base, uh, and then there's left, left, Left left attacking midfield, if you like, and right attacking yeah. midfield. But that's the wrong way to sort of describe because the right one does more attacking, really. And so on that left side, I thought that became one of Thiago or Keita, and they were both doing their job really well. But I think that's Curtis Jones's best position as well. Yeah. Um, and so and so you you put sort of them three in there, and I really like Curtis Jones, and I know not everyone disagrees with me. Sorry, not everyone agrees with me, and, and disagrees with me. Um, but 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 I sort of really like him there. But I think. But so so whoever of those three started in a league game, I will be really happy. And even Milner as well. Yeah, I think Milner's great there. So you've got four there, and and if any of those four started, you know, in a, in, a, in a, even in a big league game, I'd, I'd be sort, I'd be like completely fine with that. I think in the other positions, you get into the third one, and you're like fucking hell. <laughs> like like I'm not sure that's gonna work. Like you know, there's 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 a lot more question marks. Let me say if you get into the third one, you know, so so six, you're playing for Vino, Tennyson. Who's the one after that, and how are we feeling about that? The right hand side, it's 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 probably still Henderson one. He starts the Champions League game there. You could do a bit of Kaita there if you wanted to. Kaita uh, starts the semi final there against City. It does start there against United. Yeah, it does does all right. Okay, so if you say say Henderson Kaita, your first two choices sort of there as well. If you allow us a bit of doubling up because we've done that every everywhere else but then if you're having to move Henderson into six for whatever reason then you lose one of the options so your third one is Harvey Elliott who, who starts the season well but there's, there's still question marks obviously we've got big question marks over Chamberlain including will he still be at the football club and so I think I think that those two areas I feel like you, you, you I think but but signing, even signing one of them will make the other one stronger because if you if you get too many and you say to John Henson, don't even worry about fucking six. Maybe even ever again in your life. You know what I mean? This is this is sort of where you're playing now, really. And, and also sort of the other way. If you sign the boss tag midfielder, you say to Jordan, more often than not, you're going to be playing here this season. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah no, it, it does. I'm, I I do think. We need another body. I mean, you and I have discussed this several we only times. Need another, we only need another body if someone's leaving, is what I would say. Well. I mean, I always disagree with, but my argument yeah. is, I'm, fi- I'm fine. For, so the balance conversation I sort of get because what it actually turns into is you'd like an Elliot you had more confidence in, which is not to disparage him at this point, yeah. or you'd like you'd like a Chamberlain you could back to the hilt. Yeah. That's what actually what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I don't want to block Curtis Jones and, and Elliot's progression. They're both capable of, Klopp might say, you know what, in three years' time, my two eights are Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott. And at some point, you've just got to let them run. But I do worry, and I know this is, this is the eternal threat of the fan, what things look like if Fabinho, who has had lengthy-ish injuries before, is out for six or seven weeks, which is quite... It's not impossible to happen. I don't think that's over-fretting to say that, could happen, especially as he has got a track record. I know we've done that with the front three endlessly, but their track records with, with not getting injured suggest that that is over being over-concerned. So Fabinho out for six, seven weeks means you put Jordan Henderson there at the moment. That is the yeah. go-to, given the existing squad. But we have, and you can see it in, in Henderson's starts figures, we have rotated Jordan Henderson a lot and we did and we got a lot out of him by doing so last season he recovered to have a really good after a slow start to the season to have a really good season where he managed his minutes really really well if Fabinho is out for a period of time I wonder if you then end up playing Jordan Henderson a little bit into the ground and therefore having that negative yeah, you're not just playing him six you're playing him six every game yeah and that negative virtuous cycle which we saw in the um, in the season before where we were overplaying players and people were getting injured and injured and injured uh that is that is my concern with that position in particular, and I think I'd sleep a lot better if we brought another midfielder in. And look, quite frankly, Liverpool wanted to bring in Chuamani, right? Who would have covered a bit of Fabinho and a bit of Henderson. I think that that is that sort of yeah, that sort of set of midfield positions. I don't think if you retain Alex Oxlade Chamberlain, he gives you cover for those set of positions. And that's even before you start a conversation about what level Alex Oxlade Chamberlain is. I think, is I think at he covers now. Henderson at eight. Up to a point against the bottom thirteen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but you've got to play them. Yeah, yeah, sure. But then again, you don't know when when the injury happens. You no, know? no, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think, but I think though, but what you don't want to be doing is I don't think you want to be running into the season with nine. I think nine gets you to the point where you've just got one too many. I just, like yeah, I, I, is, I, I'm all for. Well, I'm all for you. Yeah, you so let you, Chamberlain go cheaply if that's the case. And, that, but like and, that's clearly earlier, what, and that's clearly what they were sort of looking to do. But what they're not going to do is not just that Shu many comes in to cover. It's that they see him playing sentiment for Liverpool for five years. If you see what I mean, like yeah. I think what this conversation actually is, or what it is for some people, is whether or not you go and buy a new fourth or fifth choice centre mid. Mm. and let Chamberlain go because you feel as though he's eighth and you knock Jones and Elliot or, and Milner down the pecking order to the point that you might have an idea where Milner finishes the season next mm. season as eighth choice yeah. and others have sort of moved around in your pecking order. But that's... So the question is whether or not there's an argument to basically go and get a utility midfielder, Yeah, if you see what I mean. But I don't think that's what Liverpool want to do in the way in which they go about their business and their sort of outlook and their structural thing. And that's why I think it's a structural conversation. It's not just a player conversation. It's a structural conversation. Yes, but it does always keep coming back to the fact that Liverpool won't buy anybody but the right guy, right? So that, that's what I mean. That's the structural yeah, decision. Okay, made. fine. Yeah, so I think they probably went into, if you could go rewind three months looking ahead for their midfield plans, I think numbers joint first on their list were, let's say, Chuamani and Bellingham. Right? And they thought, we'll get one. We'll get one this summer and maybe one the next summer or we'll take stock then. But as long as we get one in this summer, what's played out, and they will have known this, is that Bellingham is very, very unlikely to leave this summer and Chiuamani chose Real Madrid. They, there may be in their planning still too much of a drop-off to their third and fourth choices for them to move this summer. That's what we can't know. It could be that they think their third and fourth choices are readily available the year after if they can't get Bellingham or whoever. But that's what I, I think. And that's why Liverpool have to be positive about, about sticking with Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain because they could very well have that scenario emerge. You can have a defensive midfielder. A mixed midfielder, for want of a better phrase, someone who can play six and eight, or yeah. someone who's more an eight who's done ten, ten-ish stuff. Which of those three would you like? Not the latter one. Um, I think I want a six-eight. Yeah, probably on the balance here. Yeah. Rob's taught me into that. Jordan Henderson, a new Jordan Henderson, please. I'd like the attacking midfielder. Uh, and you just accept that Henderson covers six and you, you flip between Fabinho and Henderson uh, and you look after them by virtue of the fact that what you don't do is play. I think, I genuinely don't think Fabinho should have started the final in hindsight, but also at the time, I don't think Fabinho should have started the final. Um, I think that there's, I think there's still more than enough for Henderson at six to do. I also think Liverpool were always going to dominate possession and the idea of Henderson moving it faster from six would have been no bad thing. And I also just sort of think in general, for a season, Fabinho and Henderson can, can share 
certainly for the yeah. first half of this season, can share the six role between the two of them. So I'd add the, I'd add the attacking midfielder of Chamberlain. So would you have played the midfielder out of interest? I mean, does it really Henderson, Kaiser, and Thiago? Would you? Yeah. See, I think if we were Man City, I think I might agree with you more because there's a subtle difference in the way. Yeah, there is, there is. City, City truly play one six and two eight tens. Yeah, that's how they play, and they often ask their wide, their front three don't do what our front three. They often ask their, their the widest of their front three to actually be but, supplementary fullbacks, but like I pressers. Think, but I think that the thing that you described that, that both of you said you'd want, which is the mixed player, is the thing I actually think we've got the most of: Henderson, Thiago, Keita, Milner all fall very firmly into that category for me and I think Liverpool have been turning Curtis Jones into it whereas they've only got one who I feel as though still sort of has the the framework of the pure sort of attacking midfielder for this and that's Elliot and they've got two maybe even three who could just play as a six depending on certain games you could even just lash Thiago in there and trust for the best Milner plays there away at Southampton Milner's the six away at Southampton starts there I feel with Milner I feel we've been saying for three years and, and this will be Milner's last year we can't really count Milner and you know that argument's never going to weaken with each passing year and, and yeah but not in Jurgen Klopp's mind it's yeah. not <laughs> and, and yeah you know what Jake I, st I think I think again doing two things at once I think you've got to sort of write I, in my planning I'm going to write James Milner off and allow myself to be really surprised and, and in awe of what an athlete he is but he has to be seen as a wonderful bonus I think Given this age... Listen, I had, I had him down as getting five Champions League and league starts last season. I wrote a big thing about this, so I think the yeah. midfield will work when there was loads of links with Saul and I was saying Saul will be one too many. And, you know, you get very few things right on a regular basis doing this job, but my God, has Saul Negrez done a great bit of work for all of us uh, over the course of the last 12 yeah. months. But I said, Milner, I said Milner will get five league and Champions League starts. He got 12. I will write again this summer that I think Milner will get five league and Champions League starts and the fucking prick will get 12. To this be is, fair, you can't. You, you didn't think we were going to play 63 games, I wonder, thoughts. No, but, but I did say league and Champions League because I did think we'd get to the, go all the way in everything oh, okay, uh, yeah. in the big two. So, you know what I mean? Honestly, James Milner will be laughing his head off getting 12 again at the end of the season, uh, making us all look daft. <laughs> um, yeah. I think Curtis Jones would have expected to get... I think he's looking at the numbers. He's, he's, uh, in the, he's the, the 12, big two, he's 10 and 2 yeah, league and Champions League. But he gets a lot the season before as well, yeah. And that's because of necessity. But 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 Curtis Jones, being Curtis Jones, would probably go, Well, I'll kick on from that. Do you know what I mean? But, uh, but even I think he'll be a little bit disappointed. And he ends up behind uh, behind uh, Harvey Elliott, obviously the start of the season in the peck and order, which I don't think he enjoyed either. He's very unlucky in one phase where he gets that eye injury that which mad. keeps him out for ages, at a time where the worst starts to yeah, be had for him. Yeah. And also it happens, I think, just after a phase in the autumn where he's really electric. Uh, Brentford away. I want a really big pre-season from Curtis Jones. Yeah. He's my, like, if you want to give me free to watch in pre-season. Uh, one, one of them is the big fellow front. He's going to add loads in, obviously. Uh, but Curtis Jones, I, I really want a big pre-season. I wanted you to have Curtis in positions one, two, and three. <laughs> uh, I would like, I would like, if I could make, one, yeah. if I could make a realistic wish for the season, like one of Harvey or Curtis, Wishing two seems to be asking too much to have a serious breakout season. Something not possible. Not something not a million miles off like Foden's breakout season. I'd really like to see that from one. Maybe that's asking too much of them, but I think they both have it in them. So, so that by the end of the season, we go, oh no, no, one of those lads is a first name on a te team sheet level. Okay. Last thing I want to sort of talk about, talk about very briefly in this, but we'll do Calvin Ramsey another time. I've got to leave something for Tor Live at the end of the week. Uh, Liverpool and for Gutter as well. A big Gutter this week. And by the way, you're guttering your head off this week, I, I presume. Oh, I am guttering my head, my head off. For those who don't know, for those people on Mars, um, the Transfer Gutter Show, we are doing twice a week throughout the summer. And we are talking about all the links, and I mean all the links of footballers to Liverpool. Um, so we have a packed show for you tomorrow. Excellent. Tune in, subscribe. Do tune in, subscribe, download the app, get there from that. Liverpool are happy. They're going to end, probably, John, happy in a realm where they only get £40 million for Mane and Salah. There was, a, there was a chap on Twitter who was asking me about this, trying to say this is, like, because there's this perception that Liverpool are very much business orientated this is the, the the criticism in a sense uh around the fenway sports group ownership is that they know the value of everything um and they work from there it's start from the basis of whether we agree or not with the idea that you know that with what liverpool's policy is with the way liverpool do the business whether we agree with it or not we need to move from the position that they know what they're doing and there's lots of evidence that they know what they're doing and they have thought it through so what have they thought through? Because it goes against, and this is the thing I'm trying to sort of drive at, the way in which we've grown up perceiving the football business for however many years old we are. Yeah. I think the football business, the business of football in terms of the assets that are the players, I think it's changed and is changing markedly in the last three or four years. 
And I think that this is a great example of, and I think Liverpool have been ahead of the curve in it, but I think Liverpool do know what they're doing and they are oddly happy to only get 40 million for Mane and Salah, even though there was a moment where two of them were arguably three of the best in the best in the business and what they do in the world. Yeah, I always felt that what would happen was we'd, we'd re-sign one, we'd sell one and, and one would go on a three. Now, now that's not sort of quite worked out. I think there is a COVID thing where it sort of knocks everything and I think it'd be interesting what would have happened if it hadn't been for the pandemic and I think what might have happened and obviously you know this is speculation is that last summer we got a really big offer for for, for one of them probably more than money on salary if we're honest and then he sort of goes then and then you sort of end up in a situation where we feel a bit more comfortable signing one of them on on, on, a, on a biggish deal and then, and then and then for me you know maybe sort of goes on on, on a three but that but that's sort of speculation what i think to, to sort of answer your question a little bit more directly than what i've just done i think First of all, when people do the sums, there's always numbers that, that we don't. So so this person who tweeted you is doing the sums on we're only letting, you know, these we're only getting this much so much for these players, which is which is, you know, is correct and, and undeniable. But Michael Edwards, Julian Ward will be will be doing much wider sums, which will include, by the way, how much money have we saved by not putting these guys on these big contracts last summer when when we could have, when everyone wanted to. And again, as I say, when you add these, these not not small numbers, you're talking a million pound a month. You know, in terms of you know that that's what you know if, if it's a, if it's a two hundred fifty grand a week jump, which is basically what Sadio Mane wanted, it's a million pound a month. So that's a lot of money. So I would say when when we're, when we're trying to do these sums, we always need to remember it's not quite as straightforward as you know just looking at the transfer fees that we brought in they'll be looking at the money they've saved also and i made this point on on another show a couple of weeks ago uh but i think it was a, 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 a it was wild card so people might might have missed it and, and i might make it better this time i think from a Liverpool point of view, the whole thing only works to the degree it's working now. If we manage to persuade these group of players to to, to pay to play for slightly less than what they're worth collectively, and so we've got the we're, we've got the seventh highest turnover in world football, and I think the best squad. I can I can yeah. have a, I can have an argument with a Man City fan if you want, but but let's say it's in the top two. So we've got the top two best squad with the seventh biggest budget. Now that only works if well, first, knocked back by a state. Yeah. So first of all, it can work if um, if you got you got Man United just spunking money all over the place like idiots. You know that that's one of the ways you sort of get ahead. But generally, you need to outperform your wage bill, and that's what Liverpool have done. But eventually, these lads go, "No, I don't want to outperform the wage bill. Thanks very much. I, I won't weigh in in from whatever." But we can't sort of put them all on that. So I think they back themselves. Mm -hmm. To, to, to find the next lad. I don't think Jürgen Klopp sat around here going, well, wasn't it really lucky that we got Manu and we got Salah and, 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 and this sort of happened. I think he's loved working with them. I think they've been brilliant players and I think he, he loves them dearly. But I don't think Jürgen Klopp sat there thinking these are the only group of players that I could have had this success with. I think he backs his, himself, his coaching staff, the environment and culture at Liverpool Football Club, as well as people like you know Henderson and Milner, who it's interesting he has pushed forward and said, you know, these, these are the people that, that you do you sort of need to sign up to, to basically create the situation where we are overperforming and, and I'm careful with those words because we are a Liverpool football club we are a super club as you always point out Neil and I, I believe that we, we we should be towards the top and we should be sort of challenging for everything but so do lots of other clubs and they're not and so I think for us I think you know we have to or we have to be in the position where we are getting more out of what we're paying footballers than, 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 than where we're sort of sat and I think that's why we can't have to sort of you know once the lads start saying I want this and I, and I think I can get it out there we, we've sort of got to say goodbye to a couple and it's a shame the two big ones are happening around the same time but that's the reality I I think what has uh, turned the tide or of Liverpool's view of how you deal with these contracts will have happened I think a few months ago when Sadio Mane's agent became aware that Bayern Munich were going to give him what reported 300, 330 grand a week yeah. I think if you rewind a year Liverpool were probably saying to themselves we can probably box Sadio wasn't playing as well a year ago. Let's get yeah. that right. We can probably box Sadio by just keeping him on similar money to what he's on now, but get, but letting him play till he's thirty three at Liverpool, maybe a little bit more. 
Mo make a bit of an exception around him and, and he'll earn more than Sadio uh, because he's had a better season than Sadio and you know it's, it, it's even Sadio will get that so they might have had that general play out so, so, so Sadio will get 180 200 grand a week Mo will bump up from 250 to 290 or something and they'll both be broadly happy there's a disparity but they're both getting weighed in into, into their relative football dotage then somewhere along the line Bayern Munich spoke to Sadio Mane's agent and went we'll have you for 330 million uh, 330 grand a week Sadio bounced back into Liverpool and goes look how they value me you want to match that I still like being at Liverpool I think that's quite likely Liverpool went absolutely not there is no way you're getting 330 because we have to give you 330 then most sellers demand for half a million a week we've definitely got to have to do that as well and by the way Virgil van Dijk's going to come knocking as is so-and-so-and-so. So that is going to create the spiral of madness we are totally against. Um, and, by the way, Sadio, you weren't even that good last season. I know, I know everyone's blinded by Sadio's last four months of his Liverpool career, but he has, he has a, an 18 months where are not at the elite level. So they're thinking you can fuck right off on that. And they started looking around, saw Darwin Nunes emerging as one of the top three or four young strikers in the world. And Diaz, I'd argue. And Diaz as well. Diaz. And these are some serious players available who will, play, who will uh, sign for the reported 90 to 100 grand a week wage, which is nothing in, in elite terms. Okay, the fees are big. These, these are swaps we needed to make at some point. You are bringing this forward for us. And that's how I think this has caused this to play out, such that it is unlikely, as we stand today, that Salas resigns for Liverpool. OK. Um, contractors' rewards. Contracts to sign, followed by contractors' rewards, uh, which Sadio and Salah both got. Contract for what comes next. I'd argue they got that as well. And then contracts as uh, millstones and Liverpool make the decisions between all of these as they go. The wider point, just to sort of sum up, is I think it's hard to think a lot of this stuff through because I think Liverpool are, are trying to do it very differently, but I think also simultaneously so are our rivals, even the ones who are backed by the state to refer back to Manchester City. Uh, Sterling, Gundogan, Silver and Gabriel Jesus all linked away and Mahrez's contract. I think they're just going to run it down, by the way, City. I think City are just going to run Mahrez's contract down and that's why it wouldn't surprise me. I think it's me. going to happen more. Yeah. As in more and more across yeah. because I think I think we're we're sort of one of the ones who who it's happening to first, so everyone's sort of shitting themselves. Uh, but I think, I think it's going to happen more in I think football. We're the ones who are also comfortable with it. I've decided we're comfortable with it happening. Yeah. So Emre Chan's the first one that we do it to in the new sort of era. We just say to Emre Chan, well, we can't come to an agreement. Don't you worry about it. We'll see you later on. Then we buy Fabinho for fifty million. A Haitian to add mm. a couple of you know a couple of weeks after that's decided, and that's really interesting. I think that yeah, I think it is going to happen more, and I think it's now, you know, it's happening a lot. This so if you look on transfer markets the number of big contracts that are out next summer um, is massive and some will get resolved but yeah. others just might not I think yes. well there is a but there is a com complicating thing and with Sadio Mane is the classic case of this people would, I think we would have let Sadio Mane run down his contract if we hadn't had a compelling alternative on the market yeah available you can decide decide whether that's a Diaz or a Nunes but had that player as we've talked about with midfielders not been available I think Liverpool have said I don't want 35 fucking million from Bayern Munich we'll have you run down your contract instead but that's where I think that bucks that trend, John. If someone's got someone they can bring in now, because yeah. they go, well, I, I would bag you off for him anyway, so you can, we'll get a fee for you. But where they can't, then they'll then run it down. More to come on all of this. More to come on Ramsey as well. More to come on the philosophical questions. What does or doesn't constitute value? What does or doesn't constitute worth? And our worth and value difference. It's the Anfield Wrap. <laughs>